Hi, I'm Stacy Jagger. Welcome to the Inspiring Families podcast. Our goal is to help families heal, grow, and thrive by offering encouragement and empowering family members to connect with one another. Okay, everybody, I'm super excited. I'm here with author Hope Gibbs. And we are going to talk about inspiring women who see the writing on the wall. Their kids are growing up. They're about to launch. Uh, You're about to be an empty nester. And you're like, what am I going to do now? And Hope has a wonderful story of feeling similarly. And then she kind of stumbled across the fact that she is a really brilliant writer, has such an acumen for words and conceptualizing such interesting stories and hope I just want to hear from you of just your story of you know raising five children you've done an absolutely beautiful job have poured your heart and soul in your family and your children um, which is a lot of our listeners are you know families that really believe in investing in kids but you know they find themselves in a situation where they're about to launch their own kids into the world and they are trying to figure out what's next. So can you maybe talk about your own story and then, you know, you're about to come out with this lovely book where the grass grows blue and I believe it comes out in May, which is so exciting. I'm just coming out of my skin. I'm so (laughs) proud of you and all that you've done, but I'll just turn it over to you. You can talk about you know, what What would you say to somebody, a woman that's launching her kids into the world and, and what now? Well, thank you, first off, for having me, Stacey. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, so a few years ago, uh, I was coming on the idea that I was going to have an empty nest. Uh, yeah. I remember when my kids were little, people kept saying, oh, it flies by and these days are precious. And They are, but when you're in the thick of things with five children, you don't realize that, in fact, the days are short. Mm -hmm. So um, when my first son went to college, I started doing math, which isn't my strong suit, but I realized I was going to be 50 years old when my last two would be going to college. And I had given up. I worked in corporate America for uh, up until about two weeks before I gave birth to my first son. So I had given up a corporate job, so to speak, to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And I decided I needed to to start doing something. When I was 30, 50 seemed ancient. But when I was in my 40s, 50 seemed just around the corner. Mm -hmm. So um, I started taking kind of reevaluating my life a little bit and wanted to kind of go back into some things in my own early childhood and my uh, first marriage, I'm married, I'm in my second marriage. And I started kind of journaling, which um, really wasn't for me. And a friend of mine suggested that perhaps I should focus on something else. And they asked me if I'd ever thought about being a writer. I had always kind of wanted to be a writer, but I wanted to be a writer for television. When I was a little Mm -hmm. girl, I wanted to write for soap operas. Um, but you know, life got in the way and, you know, I, I kind of missed out on that. And before I knew it, I had started writing about characters and started writing about settings. And then one day it hit me with a title. It was a song title and it kind of just pulled it all together. And from that moment on, I started realizing, I think I could write a book. 
I think yeah. this could be more than just me staying up after the kids have gone to bed, after, you know, I've cleaned the kitchen and I'm just typing away. And that's when it all came together. Mm. Can you talk about how you learn how to believe in yourself after having not been in a career field, you know, being a stay-at-home parent and how you kind of figure out a way to find the courage to do something sort of out of the box and um, uh, not something that you've done before a little bit later in life and giving yourself permission to be creative and try things. Can you talk about that for a second? I think that for me, the biggest part was giving myself permission. Uh-huh. Um, I think, you know, st- especially stay-at-home moms, we kind of get into the routine of our children's lives. And yeah. sometimes we don't step back and say, but what do I want? And I'm not saying that I was completely selfless. I mean, no one is, but I think I had to give myself permission that, yes, you can do this. You can actually do something for yourself. You can actually write and maybe this will turn into something. Now, I'll be honest, in the early six months to a year, I had no idea that this would ever be published. That was not my goal. Yeah. For me, it was more, can I do this? I had never written anything longer than a term paper in college. And that was back in the 90s. So there was a lot of trial and error on my part on writing. But also I started, you know, really taking a look into my own life. I talked with with people. They helped me. But also I had a great supportive husband who Mm -hmm. truly believes that I can do whatever. I mean, he, I think, had more faith in me than I had faith in me. Um, So so that, that also helped. I think having the right people surrounding you. But I will say it, it took a lot for me to be willing to do this. Um, because okay. it is it is a little scary to put your feelings out on the page, even if it is a make-believe world, there's still mm-hmm. a part of you in it and it, you're very exposed, so to speak. So yeah. I think that having the right people around you, being able to talk to someone, going to, you know, even going to a therapist or going to speak with someone can really open your eyes on what you can potentially do. Yeah. Can you talk about how your children have responded to you? You know, because I think a lot of stay-at-home moms think that they're taking something away from their children by making a lot of time for themselves and their own dreams and goals and aspirations. Can you talk? And for me personally, I experienced just the opposite of that. My kids are actually thriving because, because I'm thriving. You know, they kind of see me invest in myself and and I see them doing the same thing so what I would have thought years ago as a stay-at-home parent myself when I decided to go back to work is that I was really damaging my children in some way or whatever Um, but that was really a myth in my own head can you talk about how your children have benefited from you doing this and going into this path and yeah what your thoughts are about it Well, I'll be honest, for the first year, year and a half, no one knew what I was doing. My (laughs) husband knew a little bit, but my Uh kids didn't. And the more that I started realizing I had a story and a potential book, I kind of let them in on it because they they would see me. I had my computer with me. I had a laptop at the time, my older one. It was with me all the time. 
So in between and at halftime for, you know, a soccer game or not halftime, but, you know, the break and football games, basketball games, I was bringing out my computer and typing because I'm not one of those people that has to be in a coffee shop or have to be in an office. I can write anywhere. Um, and so at first they started questioning it. And so I told them I was writing a book. Well, they all assumed I was either writing a political book or I was writing a cookbook because that's what I know. I know how to cook. And so I just let them go with that. I just let them think, okay, I'm writing a cookbook or yes, I'm writing a political book. My youngest, he, uh, my youngest son, he's a little, um, saucy and he was always, you know, making, you know, political jokes at my expense, thinking that's what I was doing. But then finally I opened up first to my daughter. Okay. And my daughter was the first one that I said, okay, this isn't a cookbook. This isn't a political mm-hmm. book. I'm mm-hmm. writing a book, what they call women's fiction. I said, it's, it's usually, it's a woman who, the protagonist is usually female. She has to overcome something and she has to change you know, kind of with her own agency. That's how the, that's really kind of the genre. The genre now, the term is kind of falling out of, you know, favor. And so it's more what you would call now book club fiction. Um, But she was the first one. And so then I opened up to another son and then I opened up. And so finally they all figured out that, yes, I I had written a a novel. Um, And then when I started querying it, so those who don't know that process, when you're trying to find a publisher, Mm -hmm. Um, to publish your book. Because, you know, some people do self-publishing. I didn't want to do that. I just, I didn't think it was in my wheelhouse. Um, You have to put yourself out there. And, you know, I was constantly sending out emails and, you know, I was setting up calls. And so my kids started seeing me not just as the carpool lady who, you know, driven them around. And, and so for them, I think that they really started appreciating that, I was doing a little bit more outside of the house because again, they were starting to drive and I did have more time. And so my daughter, especially she's been super supportive and she helped me set up my author TikTok account. And my son Jackson helped me set up my Instagram account and they showed me how to navigate social media. Um, And so they, they have been very supportive of this, although none of them have read my book yet. Neither has my husband. Talk about your book for a minute and it's launching in May and where can we, where can we find it and all the things? Well, so it's called where the grass grows blue and it's really one woman's journey to either accept the power of forgiveness or risk losing a second chance in a small Kentucky town. So Mm -hmm. uh, it, it starts out a woman, she lives um, a very well-to-do life in Atlanta, Georgia she inadvertently stumbles across her husband's affair in Tiffany and Company, of all things, when she's handed a bracelet that is not hers. Um, her husband leaves her, and then she gets divorced. And all of this happens in a, like a, a or she gets, he leaves her and he files for divorce. And then her beloved grandmother from Kentucky dies, all within a week. So then you skip, fast forward, the next chapter is a year. And so she's trying to adjust to losing a family that she had really worked hard to build then she now has been avoiding. She's a runner. She avoids things. She doesn't want to face things head on, but she has to go back to Kentucky. And when she goes back, she's facing a lot of things from her childhood, uh, dysfunctional family dynamics. Uh, but she's also facing the one person who, who truly understood her and loved her with all his heart. But they had something that happened years ago and she hasn't spoken to him since. So then you, most of the story takes place in Kentucky, but 
she has to make some changes in her own life and how she handles her stress and how she's handled her life because it really, what happened to her in her childhood and how she responded to it has really shaped the person that she's become. So it's Mm -hmm. a lot about forgiveness and um, there's a lot of food in there, a lot of Southern isms and a lot of fun characters. I've got a, a couple of really fun characters. There's a lady named Miss Ada Pickert and she's a, a town spinster and she's a, she's got a salty tongue, but it's um, there's romance to it, but there's also a lot of topics. I mean, there's, there's some heavy, heavy topics. Can you talk about how creative writing has been therapeutic for you? And if there's any, you know, women listening that want to pick up the pen themselves just to kind of see what can come out, what, what advice would you give them? To start, I, I say it like this, you know, I, I did not go to professional, I didn't, you know, graduate with a degree in English. My degree was in communications and marketing, but I didn't start out writing big, beautiful sentences and paragraphs and chapters. It's, it's like with anything in your life, when you start, it's, you have your, it's a, it's a weak muscle for most people. Now, some people are, you know, have a little bit easier time, but I really worked at it and I read a lot. And so I was reading articles. I, you know, when I started writing, I didn't even think about point of view Um, there, you know, is this going to be in first person? Is this going to be in third person? Is this an omniscient narrator? And I just started really studying and Mm -hmm. that helped because if you, if you would read my first draft, what I would say, when I go back at it, I don't recognize it, Um, Mm -hmm. but I've kept it. I've kept every draft to this point Um, because I have edited this book probably seven or eight times and the spirit of the book is the same, but it's in a very different form. Um, So I would also suggest if someone really is interested in writing, there are so many groups out there. Um, I didn't stumble across them until I was already in the querying process. I joined the Women's Fiction Writers Association, the WFWA. Uh, You can do that on Facebook. uh, And that is a wealth of knowledge. They've got webinars. They have um, guest speakers. You can go in there and ask a question, like if you, did this really happen in this time period or is, are there doctors out there with this medical condition, you know, is this right? And they automatically just start answering your questions. Um, I'm also part of this online book club called Bookish Road Trip. And there are tons of authors there, lots of readers. And it's, it's also another place that you can connect with. And I wish I had connected with some writers early on. I think it would have helped, but now I have them. And some of my dearest friends are writers that I have met here in Nashville. A lot of them are, you know, through Zoom or through other means like that. But get involved. Don't be afraid to to say, well, I've not really written anything. Get involved. That's that's the Mm -hmm. biggest thing I could say. How has your writing and this new endeavor kind of uh, sort of infiltrated the rest of your life and, and how you spend your time now versus how you spent your time then and what's important to you now versus what was important to you then and the people that you want to be around now versus the, the people you wanted to be around pre-Hope Gibbs author. Like, talk to me about that for a second. 
before I started writing, I mean, I, I was very busy with the kids. I yeah. never missed a game. I was always at school. I was, you know, I tried to be that quintessential perfect mother, Brentwood mom, you know, have the dinner on the table and all that. And and that was fulfilling because, you know, I got to see my children grow up and um, yeah. I got to provide for my family. And I thought in a very helpful way. Um, mm-hmm. And I also played competitive tennis. And so that was my day. That was you know, get the kids ready with a perfect breakfast and get them off to school and then go play tennis and, you know, come her home, do some things. And then it would be afternoon activities from pretty much 2.45 until sometimes 9, 10 o'clock at night. Um, But the more I started doing the writing, I I got more confident and Mm -hmm. I started expanding, you know, my days. And and I had a, a good friend who told me that if I was going to do this, I needed to start prioritizing me instead mm-hmm. of because I was like, oh, I can't write today. I got to do da, 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 da. And mm-hmm. that person said, if you really want to do this, you're going to have to make time for this. So I kind of mm-hmm. started looking at my writing as a job. So okay. today, before I got on with you, my cover was just revealed on Facebook by my publisher. They gave me That's no nice. heads up. So I've been, I've been working on that. I've been um, catching up on emails because of my position with Bookish Road Trip. I, uh, I'm in charge of Author Take the Wheel. And once a month, I interview an author that I select about their book on Facebook Live. So there's also a lot with that. And there's other responsibilities I have with that. And it got to the point where I made myself my own office in a closet. So I call it my cloth And it's great. <laughs> It's great because I can shut the door and it can be yeah. as messy and I can post everything I need on the walls. Yeah. And so now my days are when I wake up, I start writing or I start working or I start responding to emails. And I still have some time where I play tennis, but uh-huh. it's it's a little bit different than it used to be. And it's exciting. You have a different kind of community and sense of belonging yes. that's different now than it was, you know, when your kids were. Uh, are, is everybody gone now, Hope? Is everybody off to college? They're, they're all all out of the nest. I mean, obviously, the, the ones that are still in college, they'll come home during the holidays. But I have two that are, I mean, they're out of college. They are grown men. They're not coming home except for the holidays or visiting mom. But um, so, yes, my, my nest is, uh, it's empty. And I am very thankful that I have this outlet because I, as much as I miss my kids, I do. Um, yeah. My days are full. So I will be working today until probably about six o'clock and then I'll take a break. But as a writer, I can work pretty much anytime, anywhere. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the great thing about being a writer. I get to, mm-hmm. I get to make my own hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have my writing side, my creative side, but then I have my office work and then getting ready for the the launch of this book. I mean, that's a whole new world for me. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to play catch up here, trying to, you know, being a debut novelist. So if there's someone listening right now that is in their minds, they've got a pretty strong inner critic, like they want to do something creative as their children are launching into the world, but there's that inner critic that says to them, you know, you'll never be able to be published. So why would you even try? Are you following me? What would you say to them with that strong inner critic you know, who do I think I am to think that I could write a book or that I could do whatever it is? What would you say? Well, I'm going to say that critic is always going to be there. It's just if you're going to let it 
stop you in your life. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I am nervous when people are going to read this, people are going to be like, Oh, she wrote that about this person or this person. No, I did not. (laughs) I mean, there are similarities. I'm from Kentucky. My protagonist is from Kentucky, some similar things, but this is not my life. This is a completely fictional account. Cause believe me, I would have loved to have had a Bradley Hitchens in my life when I was growing up, but, um, (laughs) it's going to be there. It's just, are you going to give it the oxygen? Um, And and just don't let it stop you because I was that person. I had some wonderful people around me. They would tell me you can do this because I, I did not believe that it was ever going to see the light of day. And it was shocking when I did get my, my publishing deal. I started querying in the end of July and I had a contract by December and that's pretty quick. And I was very mm-hmm. lucky. And, but I've learned that I can't let it dictate my life. Kind of like with Penny, my, my protagonist in Where the Grass Grows Blue, she is so regimented in her schedule. She's so worried about what the world's going to think of her. She doesn't want to make any noise. And it slowly suffocates you if you are, you know, she's the sweet Southern woman, you know, minds her P's and Q's, but that can be suffocating. And I'm not saying do anything crazy, but don't let it, don't let it dictate your life because life is too short. And I, I don't want to miss the next, you know, 30 years of my life worrying about what Mm -hmm. others are going to say, because if you are going to be a writer or anything creative or anything you do, people are going to criticize you. So it's just whether you're going to let it dictate your life. I like what you're saying about, you know, just if you don't give it any oxygen, you know, like a fire, it can't grow. I love that. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about how this has become a lifestyle for you now and that you have another book coming up after this one and what that kind of looks for you? I'm still a mom first and a wife first. And I still play tennis. I still have my same core group of girlfriends. I've had the same girlfriends from back home in Kentucky for 40, over 40 years. One of them, I, I met my first day of first grade uh, yeah. and people first. lovingly call, they call us the Magnolias. That was, it was a nickname that my ex-husband gave us because he thought we gossip like the still Magnolias. Um, and I still have my friends here in Nashville, but I do have a, a, a new world. I mean, I... I'm getting to meet people that are writers. And and let me tell you, writers are the most, the most helpful, generous people with their time. Um, You can ask a question and they want to help. There's, there's no competition, which is kind of surprising. Um, And that's, that's another thing that's been really, um, it's been a pleasant surprise with, with writers Um, because I'm a competitive tennis player and people are nice, but the goal is to win. (laughs) And so um, you don't find as as much lovey-dovey on the tennis court as you will when you're with your your writing friends. So it it has changed my life. And I do. I'm almost finished with my second book. Um, That's called Ashes to Ashes. That's a tentative working title. Uh, And I have two more books coming up that I've already mapped out. So I already know what's going to happen. I just have to get to writing them. And one's a historical fiction novel st- set in the 1970s, which kills me because the 1970s is considered historical fiction now. Um, so, and then I've got another one uh, called The Racket, which is based on tennis. But all of my books are, are based in the South, mainly in 
Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. That's where I write. Uh, as a therapist, I try to inspire a lot of my clients to write because it really um, can reduce anxiety, it can reduce depression, and it can really help people um, to be more present with themselves. Have you noticed for yourself that when you have a daily practice of writing, that you're more present with yourself, with you know, kind of your surroundings and the people that you love? Have you noticed that at all? I do. I, and I will say writing is therapeutic. Uh, I yeah. mean, even writing a grateful list, um, I wrote a grateful list probably, I think, in the third week of the pandemic when things were really not going well. Uh, and so right. I wrote this grateful list and I still have it. Um, I write every single day. Now, it may not be towards my books. I mean, on Instagram, I, I uh, review books. And so when I first started writing my first book review last year, I'd written a 95,000 word manuscript, but I didn't know how to write a book review. And so I figured it out. And now I can pop one of those things out in five or 10 minutes. Um, I had never blogged before. I started blogging when I signed my contract because one of, not a stipulation, but you have to set up an author website, which I did not have. I wasn't going to have a book for a year, year and a half. What am I going to put on a website? So I started blogging. And so I probably blogged 24, 25 times last year. So it doesn't have to be you're writing a book. You can, you can start out anywhere. A lot of people do start out blogging. And that also helps because until I started blogging, no one had ever read anything I'd written other than the publishers and the people that I had queried. So it gives you confidence. And also the more you do something, just like I, I say with tennis, when I started mm -hmm. playing tennis, I didn't know how to even hold a racket. I was in my late thirties, never touched a racket. But if you do something over and over and over again, there is a little bit of that muscle memory. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not saying that you, you can will yourself into be a, being a writer, but you can work at it. Being a mom is still number one in my mind, but I think having something of my own yeah. outside of being a mom has been so helpful. Mm -hmm. And what do they say now about you, Hope? They've really been supportive. My next question for you is as you're getting on TikTok and bookish road trip, you're, you're kind of more in the public eye. How do you feel about that? Um, I will say Bookish Road Trip has been an incredible experience. And I've only been a part of, of Bookish Road Trip for about two months. They asked me to come on board as a tour guide. Uh, and each tour guide, you know, has different job responsibilities. We, we host a, a book club once a month. It's a night book club on Zoom and you get to meet the author and it's so exciting. I'm going to be featured in that uh, later on this year, which is fun. But I... A year ago, if you told me that I would be hosting a Facebook Live show interviewing authors, you know, our membership is almost 5,000 people. I would never in a million years thought I would be doing that. But it's been an incredible experience. And, and I'm meeting authors. I'm reading some books that I probably would not have read before. And it's just been an incredible experience. So, again, my life is different. <laughs> Is it's never too late to dream? No, it's never too late. I mean, I'm 51 years old and I didn't want to just 
pack it up and say, okay, my job is done. Um, and it's not done. I, I want to do more. And this is hopefully going to be something that's going to last for a while. Hope, how can we find you? Where can we purchase this book when it comes out? Remind us the launch date. So the launch date is going to be on May 16th. All books, for some reason, are launched into the world on a Tuesday. Um, and okay. you'll be able to buy it. You will be able to order it on Amazon, on any place where, where you can buy books. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be a paperback. It's going to be an ebook and also an audiobook. I got an audiobook deal separate from my publishing deal, which was very exciting. So that's going to be launched on the same day. So you can go on my website. It is authorhopegibbs.com. And I've got all my blogs up. I've got information about Bookish Road Trip. I've got information about my book. I'm also on Facebook. I am author Hope Gibbs. Uh, I am on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is my favorite platform because I interact with so many bookstagrammers. That's a great community. So nice. I am uh, author Hope Gibbs. So, okay. so that's where you can find me. And I'm doing TikToks. My daughter got me into TikTok. I haven't done one in a while, but it's a little intimidating, but it's kind of fun. I've seen some of them and I just think it's hysterically funny and entertaining and lovely. Yeah, I'm not what? I'm not the person to say buy my book. I, I do more kind of funny TikToks. Uh-huh. What would be your final kind of word of encouragement to maybe a stay-at-home mother that's seeing her kids are growing up and about to launch into the world? What would you say to her? I would say, obviously, cherish every second you have with them still, but they're going to be looking for their own dreams. And that's what Mm -hmm. you want. I mean, as a parent, our goal is to get our children to a point where they can start pursuing their dreams. And I didn't put my life on hold. I'm never going to say that. I had a wonderful time for 25 years being a stay-at-home mom, but now I am going in a a different direction. I'm still a mom, but I'm trying to do something for myself. And in the process, kind of stumbled across a career. Hope, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So lovely to see everything that you're doing. And I'm sure you're going to continue to inspire a bunch of people to find their creative button and dream for something that they can do for themselves as well. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Families podcast. Please subscribe to our feed and share this with your family and friends.